Let's welcome Sarah May Chitty to London Live. Sarah May, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. As we move closer to this year's day of, or National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, how do you feel people are thinking about it? Are we are we getting to a point where we're having some good conversations? Are we getting to a point where you believe that, that this is something that, that is reaching people as you would like to see it reached? Uh, well, I can only really speak for myself and from my ob- own observations and, and what I've seen. And I think it, it's kind of um, a twofold thing. I, I'm seeing almost... Um, I'm seeing and hearing some folks that are kind of um, almost like tired of it, like tired of hearing about it. So they're not engaged, but I am also seeing a lot of engagement, like through things like the events um, that we were doing with towards breeding at Forest City Gallery and also through my work at Western. Like I am seeing people, you know, stepping up and wanting to be a part of the change. So it's kind of like, you know, like it's like I understand why some people might want to check out because there's so much going on in the world and those kinds of things. But also it is really important to stay engaged and focused on these things because, um, you know, it's going to take a long time for change to happen. And if we don't consistently keep ourselves engaged, not just leading up to or on the day of National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, but like throughout the year, um, then I think we're, we're not doing ourselves any favors. Yeah, well, that's, that's well said. When we're talking about, you know, the feelings surrounding individuals who may say, oh, I'm, I am getting tired of, of hearing this, like you said, what exactly do you think needs to happen there? Do you just let that be what it is? Or is, is that, you know, something that needs to be done in a different way somehow? Hmm. That's a really good question. And I think for a lot of people, um, when they when maybe when they're at that point, um, it might be because they don't see where they fit in to this work and they don't see where they can help or make a difference. And to that, I would say, you know, that's where because I get people all the time that are like, what can I do? What should I do? How can I like what can be done? And Um, I'm a firm believer, especially the way I teach and the way I try to bring people into these conversations is um, a lot of it because we are in this truth telling era. A lot of people want to say this is, you know, post reconciliation, post colonization that we're 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 getting closer to reconciliation. But I think we're still very much in a in a truth telling era where people are learning to sit with the truth. They're learning to move through the discomfort um, you know, today I had the opportunity to hear from um, AT elder Gloria Thompson, um, who said, you know, we don't need your, your guilt. Guilt immobilizes. It paralyzes folks. Um, you know, if you're feeling guilty, how do you um, move past that so that you can come and be a part of, of the solution and be part of change? So I just encourage people to not shut their ears and shut their eyes, to keep showing up and keep listening as you know, exhausting as it might feel or as frustrating as it might feel, you know, where you're you're just not um, thinking about how, like, it, it might be just one day of engagement for you, but, like, throughout the year, I'm constantly thinking about ways to, like, educate folks and engage, engage folks, but then also survivors 
and relatives of survivors live every day with the implicate, like with the the legacy of this. And so it's really like easy to say, I don't have time for this or, you know, I've heard enough about this where it's like, well, survivors still have over 80 calls to action that aren't answered and there's still work to do. So just keep listening and just keep coming and showing up. That's, I guess, the only advice I can give. We're talking about the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, and we're joined by Sarah May Chitty, who is an Anishinaabe educator, member of Alderville First Nation, and a board member at Forest City Gallery. Sarah May, let's talk about what's happening at Forest City Gallery, because there is something very important that has been there for a little while, will continue to be there for a little while. You alluded to it, Towards Braiding. It began on September the 14th. Tell us what Towards Braiding is about. So this is... Um the interactive learning exhibit that I cannot take credit for, um, the text that it draws upon is by Jimmy, Elwa Jimmy and Vanessa Andreotti. And it originally was um, a conversation that they had uh, with the Musagetes Foundation around decolonizing arts institutions. And they really had these conversations with community members and different folks that were involved in, in their community and their, their circumstance that they produced this. And um, they created Towards Breeding. And Towards Breeding was handed to me on my first day of the job at Western because it really is about if you are an institution, if you're an organization, if you are anybody who wants to hire Indigenous people to do this reconciliation work, who, who wants to do this braiding work um, or work towards decolonizing. Uh, these are some things that happen. And, you know, reading that that text, I realized, like, it's, um, you know, as much as we think uh, we're alone as Indigenous people in institutions and that the things that happen to us and that we experience where we aren't heard or we constantly experience microaggressions or or different types of institutional violence um this book really validates that but the the unique part about this book is that it's not just speaking to indigenous people it's does a really good job of speaking to non-indigenous people whose hearts are truly in the right place and they want to do the work and they want to be involved but you know mistakes happen and how to like move past some of these like bumps and difficulties and tensions that we all experience in doing this work and like a big part of it is towards that towards breeding work is the acknowledgement of the ongoing and historical harms and I think that's what I was alluding to when I was saying we're in this truth-telling stage because I think there's still a lot of folks that just aren't ready to you know, admit that this is a part of Canadian history, it's part of all of our history, and it's not to, you know, keep telling people over and over again to, like, you know, be guilty or be responsible, like, you know, this is your fault and you have to, fit. you know, it's more inviting folks into this conversation of being like, how can we do this work together? We don't want to continue to cause harm. We want folks to be able to work together in a good way. So this book kind of offers some interesting um, perspectives on how to do that. And then I brought it to life in the space because I said, if we want to think about decolonizing the gallery, what better way to do it than on the literal walls of the gallery? So you step inside and you see some questions that 
um, the, I don't know what the first one you might see, but um, I really wanted it rooted in the thing that connects us all, which is the land. So in the middle of the gallery is a picture of a turtle, which is based on the Anishinaabe creation story. And it says, how do we build, acknowledge, and honor, build, strengthen, and honor our relationships to the land and each other together? Because we all live here now, and the land is a really important part of all of our connections and all of the reasons why we all are here today. And so what can we do to be better relatives to each other, better relatives to the land, and work together to, to stop causing the harm that is continuously ongoing. All such like, great <laughs> questions. Towards I'm like, writing, I could go on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. But all such great questions. And that's right there is an example of, you know, something that we can all take part in until October the 5th at Forest City Gallery. But 365 days a year, we should be asking those sorts of questions. On October 5th, there is the Art Now Talk. On October 3rd, there is Indigenizing Spaces panel that is taking place. And you can find out more about that at forestcitygallery.com. Sarah May, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. And thank you for what you do. Thank you for having me. And I just want to say, if all of this stuff is overwhelming or scares you, or you're not even sure where to start, checking out the gallery where, you know, like, these things are just on the wall and you have a choice whether you engage with them or not could be a great first step. So thanks for having me, Mike. Sarah May, all the best. You too. Bye for now. That's Sarah May Chitty. And Sarah May is someone who really brings an energy to everything that she does. She's an Anishinaabe educator, member of Alderville First Nation, and a board member at Forest City Gallery, as well as a curriculum and pedagogy advisor at Western University.